My name is Pastor Peter Yedaka. I serve at Higher Ground Praise Chapel. We meet at Kiku Township Primary School. We welcome you to come and visit us. Thank you so much. Now, I want to welcome you for this broadcast. In this broadcast, we do a Bible study. And the mode of Bible study that we do is what Isaiah chapter 28 described as line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And by this, I mean would pick a certain book and we've picked the book of Colossians. And where we pick a certain book, we go through the scripture and of course pick a verse and trust God to be able to go to the depth of that verse in terms of knowledge and revelation. And therefore, this day we are doing the book of Colossians. We are right now at Colossians chapter 2 verse 16. This is where we left uh, at in our last broadcast. And we want to continue with that. If this is your first time, we welcome you again. And we are grateful that you've made time to come and be with us. I want to ask you to look for a Bible. Look for a pen. Of course, look for some lighting material that will be a book, a notebook. And don't forget to get yourself a comfortable place for the next 30 minutes. Let's sit. Let's hear what the Lord is saying in his word. Let's read together the book of Ephesians, the book of Colossians, sorry, chapter 2, verse 16. Let's read. I'm using King James. The Bible says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holiday or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. If Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 to 16 were not true, then we should all be Seventh-day Adventists. <laughs> but the, if this verse is true, we should consider it. And we are going to consider it. We are going to go through it and find out exactly what it is. And I would say only God can blot out what he has written. In Leviticus chapter 11, Deuteronomy chapter 14, God told Israel to make a distinction between clean and unclean food so that he might make a distinction between Jews and Gentiles. I'll repeat that again because it's very important for what we are studying in this verse. God told the children of Israel in Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy chapter 14, he told them to make distinction between clean and unclean. Clean food and unclean food, that is meat and all that they are eating. This was also to distinguish or to make a distinction between Jews and Gentiles. I want you to remember, in the Old Testament, the Gentiles were considered unclean. And for the Jews, of course, was the opposite of that. And therefore, in Deuteronomy 14, 2 and 21, under the new covenant, however, the war of partition that separated the Jews from the Gentiles, the clean from the unclean, 
has been broken down so that all may have equal access to God. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14 to 15 and 18 verse 18. God hears and answers prayers whether or not we've eaten pork or worshipped on a certain day. Now, I want to go slowly so that you get this. I don't want us to go through in order to finish a chapter or in order to finish a verse. I want us to get very clear because this is very key in our day to day. Again, I say God told the Israelites and showed them the clean food and the unclean food. Now, God was showing the Israelites how to distinguish between clean and unclean. And the Jews were clean, the Gentiles were unclean. Born as if you were. Now, when it comes to the New Testament, and we know this, God now doesn't have to hear only the prayers of the Jews. He hears whether you are Gentile or whether you are Jew. Whether you've eaten pork or whether you've eaten a cow. <laughs> whether you've eaten a cow. Let's go on. Now, this is in reference to the Old Testament laws concerning meat and could not be eaten. The definitive chapters concerning this in the Old Testament, again, I'll say it's Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14, verse 3 to 21. You can read this. Labits, camels, pigs, and other animals were forbidden among beasts of the field. Among the animals in the water, lobsters, shrimp, oysters, and anything else that didn't have scales or fins was considered unclean. In the bird kingdom, all birds that were scavengers were forbidden. Any animal that paws were unclean and all creeping things such as snakes, snails, and turtles were unclean. All these animals were animals that the Jews could not touch with a 10-foot pole, born as if you were. Although these dietary laws were strictly enforced in the Old Testament, Paul revealed in the New Testament that it was a doctrine of devils. This is Paul. We've seen that all these animals that were forbidden in the Old Testament, Paul says that anyone trying to forbid people to eat meat, it's a doctrine of the devil. Let's go further. Peter, in the book of Acts, Peter was shown in a vision that God had cleansed things that were considered unclean in the Old Testament. Again, that is in the book of Acts chapter 10, verse 10 to 16. All these things were seboric, born as if you were. All these things were seboric, according to Colossians chapter 2, verse 17. Therefore, anyone who uses the Old Testament dietary laws for anything other than seborism, that finds its complete fulfillment in Christ, is in error. I want us to go slowly. Those who preach that the dietary laws were for health reasons, they are missing the point that Paul was making in these verses. The drink 
that Paul was referring to in that verse is a little bit ambiguous. It's not very clear because there were drinks offering required in the Old Testament. Exodus 29 verse 40 to 41, Leviticus 23, 13 and 18 and 37, Numbers 28 verse 7 to 15. So it's a bit ambiguous. But these were nearly always referred to as drinks offerings. The only other restriction on what would be drunk are totally abstinence of any drink made from grapes for those who took the Nazarite vow. Numbers chapter 6 verse 2 and 3. And of course blood, drinking blood was also prohibited. Just as the other things listed in this verse, abstinence from certain drinks was symbolic and finds its New Testament fulfillment in Christ Jesus. Let's go to verse 17. Verse 17 says, Which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. I would want us to lead previous verse and connect it. This is what it says. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or drink or in respect of any holiday or of any new moon or Sabbath days. Let's go to verse 17. Let's connect it with verse 16. It says, which now when he's talking of which he's talking of the Sabbath day and all those other holidays, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. The word shadow means a faint indication. It's a faint indication. A shadow is a faint indication, meaning those things that were said about in, in, in the Old Testament, most of them faint indications. What used as a verb, it means to represent vaguely, mysteriously, prophetically. All this, this is what shadow would mean. Each of the things listed in Colossians chapter 2 verse 16 served to represent something that the Messiah would accomplish. Now that Jesus the Messiah has come, the presentation isn't necessary. This is what the New Testament, the, the New International Version translates that verse. It says, these are shadows of the things that were to come the reality, however, is found in Christ. That cannot be any clearer than that. A shadow is never as important as the person who cast it. Those who cling to the Old Testament shadow are misusing the New Testament reality found in Christ. Jesus Christ is the body that casts all the Old Testament shadows. Now, that we have Jesus himself, why would anyone, for whatever reason, still want to cling to the shadow? Let's look at verse 18. Verse 18 says, Let no man beguile you of your reward in voluntary humility and worship of angels, including into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. I would like us to look at that same verse using a different version. NLT says about that verse, 
let no one defraud you of your prize, your freedom in Christ and your salvation by insisting on mock humility and the worship of angels going into detail about visions he has seen to justify his authority, puffed up in conceit by his unspiritual mind. So what we are saying here is that the wording of this verse has led some people to think that Paul was advocating this voluntary humility and worshipping of angels. But he was not. What we are saying is that Paul was not saying that. It could be said this way. Don't let any person deceive you and to thinking that you are going to lose reward if you don't practice self-denial or worship angels. So in scripture, angels always refused to worship and told people to worship God alone. Revelation 19.10 Therefore, worshiping angels is forbidden in the Bible. Although humility is a godly thing, Colossians 2.23, it further expands on what Paul was speaking about showing this to be a false humility that is nothing more than just septicism or extreme self-denial. The people Paul was speaking against were saying things that were not revealed in God's word. The same thing happens today and many people fall prey to that type of thinking because there isn't anything in scripture that says it's wrong. It would be impossible for the scripture to mention everything or every possible perversion that the devil would think up. We should limit our beliefs to what scripture reveals and let the others or other things, let them go. They are not essential. Those who do otherwise are including into those things which they have not seen. And only people who are puffed up in their own opinion could do that. Let's go to verse 19. Verse 19 says, verse 19 says, And not holding the head from which all the body by joints and, bra and buds, having nourishment, ministering and knit together, increaseth with the increase of God. I think I want to read that one using the, a different version, which is NLT. Verse 19 says, And not holding fast to the head, from whom the entire body supplied and knit together by its joints and ligaments, grows with the growth from God. The thrust of Paul's criticisms, or criticism here, was against those who did not like <laughs> those who did not give Jesus the praise he deserved. In the previous verse, Paul spoke about exhorting Jesus above all the Old Testament issues that shadowed his coming. Now, he spoke out against people who put the emphasis on worshipping idols, worshipping angels, and self-denial. But they didn't praise Jesus as head where they circumvent, they don't want Jesus to be the head, but they exalt other things way above the worshipping of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. The head 
of course we know is above every other part of the body in position and in port in importance those who emphasize observing days such as the sabbath observing feasts and dietary laws worshiping angels and those who promote asceticism are all making away from headship they are taking away they are going away from the main the main is jesus christ and when you you go off to worship the day to worship angels to dietary laws this you should not eat you should you've lost the central praise and the central part is jesus christ not the observance of rituals rituals are the heart of religion but true christianity rejects rituals for a relationship with jesus christ bona sifiwe jesus is the head of the body of christ bona sifiwe but the head doesn't do all the work the head dilects but the body which is me and you must function also and stay in its place where relationship is concerned bona sifiwe let's look at verse 22 verse 22 says which all are to perish with the using after the commandment and doctrines of men now this is quite radical it's such a radical statement coming from paul and it comes out as a complete shock to most of us christians or our laws and regulation about what we can and cannot do are the doctrines and commandments of mankind jesus gave us the command uh, the commands to love god and to love others that is matthew chapter 22 verse 36 to 39 you find it also in first john chapter 3 verse 23 that sums up the obligations to god and man this is not to say that we are not to pray and study the word of god but loving god will cause us to do those things likewise being in fellowship with god will cause us to treat our fellow man properly and with love those of us who are trying to regulate our actions by loose are missing the blessing of loving relationship with the lord there is little only one thing that we must focus on and that one thing is loving the lord and abiding in that love once this is done it's not us living but christ living through us and his holy life will be manifest in our actions born as if you were glory to god let's look at verse 23 verse 23 says which things that indeed show of wisdom in will worship and humility and neglecting of the body not in any honor to the satisfying of the flesh i will read this from nlt that is verse verse 23 it says these practices indeed have the appearance have the appearance of wisdom in self made religion and more humility and and severe treatment of the body but all of no value against sinful indulgence bona asifiwe wow <laughs> wow 
The self-denial that Paul was speaking against in these verses is embraced by much of Christianity today. Historically, self-denial or self-cetism has always been a big part of false religion. Most religious or most religion of the world teach the abasement of self, but you realize they do it by punishing yourself in order to obtain salvation. This is where you humiliate your body, you punish your body with the view that by doing that you attain salvation. This is not the denying of self that the Bible advocates. True self-denial as the scripture promote is not self-hatred or machoism, but rather an enthroning of Christ above self. It's not beating yourself. It's not kneeling and walking with your knees over gloves so that you get hurt and you get punished and you crucify yourself on the cross like we normally see in the Philippines. That is demonic, <laughs> to say the least. That is demonic. The Bible talks of dethroning yourself, enthroning Christ in your heart. I hope that has sunk. That is where you allow Christ to lean, to live and lean through you. We have a new identity in Christ that replaces the old self. This isn't done in order to obtain salvation, but as a response of love to what Christ has already done for us. He gave his all for us. And we willingly, not by force, we willingly give our all back to him. Our all back to him. Self-denial as an attempt to earn salvation is always motivated by guilt and characterized by legit laws. Now, as Paul describes here, true Christianity, on the other hand, is not the observance of rituals, but relationship that produces holiness as a fruit, not a loot of salvation. Holiness doesn't come from the outside and work its way inside us. No, when we are born again, we become righteous and we work the holiness out into our physical lives. That one you find in Philippians chapter 2 verse 12. Trying to destroy the power of self through harsh laws actually arouses and strengthens the power of sin. That one you find it in 1 Corinthians 15 56. Christianity must not let life become a set of laws. This is what how living Bible paraphrases Colossians chapter 2, verse 20 to 23. The one we've just read. It says this since you died as it were with Christ, and this has set you free from following the world's ideas of how to be saved by doing good and obeying various rules. Why do you keep light on following them anyway? Still bowed by such rules as not eating, tasting, or even touching certain foods. Such loose 
are mere human teachings. For food was made to be eaten and used up. These laws may seem good, for laws of this kind require strong devotion and are humiliating and hard on the body. But they have no effect when it comes to conquering a person's evil thoughts and desires. They only make him proud. Now, that's quite something. And again, I said you can read it if you find Living Bible. That's chapter 2 of Colossians, verse 20 to 23. It concludes and sums all that we have said. Now, our time is up and we'll stop here and possibly trust to meet again or to be with one another again next broadcast. So I want you to make a date with us. Be there next broadcast and let's pick it from there and learn some more. It's good news and quite helpful for us as we grow up in the Lord. Thank you so much. God bless you. We'll meet again next broadcast. Thank you.